Have you ever been on a long hike in the summer and you get back home covered with dust and dried sweat and the first thing you want to do is take a shower? Back in New Testament times, people wore open sandals and they walked on mostly dirt roads every day full of garbage and other refuse. Their feet would get so dirty they'd need a servant to wash their feet and those of their guests before they entered the house. It was an unpleasant job reserved for the lowliest of servants. So it's understandable when, on the evening of the Passover, at what we now call the Last Supper, the apostles were very confused when their leader, Jesus, got up, prepared himself, and began to wash their feet. The story is told in John chapter 13. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, he riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. This striking image of the Lord of creation doing the duties of a humble servant is discussed by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. Christ quietly arose, girded himself as a slave or servant would, and knelt to wash the apostles' feet. This small circle of believers in this scarcely founded kingdom were about to pass through their severest trial, so he would set aside his own increasing anguish in order that he might yet once more serve and strengthen them. It does not matter that his feet were not washed. In transcendent humility, he would continue to teach and to cleanse them. He would, to the final hour and beyond, be their sustaining servant. As John wrote, who was there and watched the wonder of it all, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. So it had been and so it was to be, through the night and through the pain and forever. He would always be their strength, and no anguish of his own soul would ever keep him from that sustaining role. After showing the disciples that the greatest among them was the one who served others, he explained why he had done this and taught them that this, serving others, was the doorway to happiness. The story from John 13 continues. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that ye should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye, if ye do them. President Thomas Monson said it this way, quote, 
To find real happiness, we must seek for it in a focus outside ourselves. No one has learned the meaning of living until he has surrendered his ego to the service of his fellow man. Service to others is akin to duty, the fulfillment of which brings true joy. End quote. It's not the way the world of business works. It's not usually the way our communities are organized, but it is the way of the kingdom of heaven. That he or she who would be greatest must be the servant of all. And in following Jesus, being willing to become a servant, we can find true and lasting happiness. And that's the good word. 